You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today's episode is brought to you by Gem Accessories. Gem Accessories is one of the leading accessory manufacturers within the trading card game space. Known for their deck boxes, Gem also has an amazing lineup of binders, backpacks, and more. Some of our personal favorites include the new KLRZ Icons deck boxes, the Secrets Binder, and the Jaguar and Puma backpacks. But don't just take it from us, check out some of these reviews on screen. For all these amazing products and more, be sure to check out Gem Accessories using the link in the description down below, or on Twitter at XGemAccessories. Again, the description down below or on Twitter at XGem Accessories. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name is Sonny, and I, of course, am here with my co-host, Caleb. Yo! And of course, a huge thank you to Gem Accessories for sponsoring this video. As I'm sure you heard by the little ad read right before this, Gem Accessories, it makes some wonderful, wonderful deck boxes, binders, and more. And you can find them at the link in the description down below. And there is also a discount code for 10% off of your first order from Gem Accessories. Thank you so much to them for sponsoring this. Also, of course, we want to thank Eats Me Games, as well as Dragon Shield and TCG Player for their support. And you can find links to all those down below, as well as affiliate links for Dragon Shield and TCG Player. Just click them before you shop, and they, of course, support the podcast at no extra cost to you. And, of course, Millennium Threads. There's a link to Millennium Threads down below for some awesome Yu-Gi-Oh! merch, like things like t-shirts and hoodies and more. <laughs> and there's a code for 10% off your order there down below. Now... Of course, the people that we want to thank the most are our wonderful patrons. So, a huge, huge, huge thank you to Cam Yang, Dragon Maid, Stunzied. Listen, I figured out what this means, by the way. I had to Google it up. <laughs> and I'm just going to say, that's funny. That's funny. 
Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Zyphrus, Yeet Defeat, Black Wing, Silverwind the Ascendant is the best Floodgate, Earth Machine best deck, Epi, has anyone actually read Toy Vendor, HGH Cyber, I am McLincoln, look can we just admit NNN is a Floodgate at this point? Sure, yeah. Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Quitting the Game as a Floodgate, Sprite Farter, the Top Cut Podcast is proudly sponsored by Mystic Mind, Unbanned Number 95, Konami, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Saviors World, Exosisters, Best Deck, No Cap, Rogue and Tier 2 are the polite terms for bad deck, AD, Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps, Caleb Knows the Vibes, Sunny is Blind to True Waifu Supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> duty booty dragon maidenless behavior. Drink every time Sunny disagrees with Caleb for hired dog turd. Heroes pebble cereal. Jerry beans man. King King Henry. Meow meow. I'm a silly mannequin cat. Old man red pin code one four three. Ray Powell and slaking it up. Thank you all so much again for your continued support of the podcast. If you are interested in having me read something off at the beginning of the episode, within reason, please, uh, you can find a link to our patron down below. Again, at the $5 and up tier, you get an extra episode each week, as well as you also get merch. I think at $5 tier, you get like stickers. So. Yeah. Of course, be sure to check that out. And let's go ahead and get on into the episode. I, I do just want to say about that one guy with me accepting the vibes. I, I just want to say the trick to it, Sonny. Okay. Is not to kill the part of you that is cringe. Nor is it, a, nor is it to embrace the cringe. It is to kill the part of you that cringes. That sounds an awful lot like embracing the cringe. No, 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 no. Embracing the cringe is acknowledging the fact that it is cringe and accepting that. Just killing the part of you that cringes to begin with is not accepting it as cringe, but accepting it as a part of you that is cringe-worthy. Yes. But you're killing the part of you that is, in fact, cringing at it. It is a wonderful saying I saw on Twitter. Sounds like you're embracing the cringe. Oh, no. No, it is. Ah, you merely adopted the cringe. <laughs> I, I was, was born, born in it. Molded by it. By, oh, the, God. by the time I first saw a neckbeard, I was already a Discord mod. <laughs> oh, gee, oh, no. <laughs> Don't do our moderators like that. Come on, man. <laughs> they work hard. They do. Uh, th that does not include... I was already a 4chan moderator. 4chan doesn't have mods. Whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it just goes to show you what I know. <laughs> All right. So today we wanted to talk about alternate formats. Now, Ooh. now listen. I know. I know. We've well, talked about them a lot. Less. This is less alternate format, more of just kind of alternate products that Konami could possibly make. So I don't know. Right. Make some money, which is what I think they're trying to do. Sometimes. Some, sometimes Some, I wonder. Yeah, sometimes it does, does it doesn't always seem clear and obvious that their goal is to make money. Cuz uh, if you look at some of the sets from last year, it looks like they're trying to burn money. Mhm. Mm Blazing dumpster fire. Yep. But we think that we in our infinite wisdom can make some really good the best ever 
second to none products. Sure. <laughs> I was going... The reference I was going to make was going to be, listen, they need more money for their money vault. How else are they going to swim through the gold coins? Fun fact, that is canonically something only Scrooge McDuck can do. I know Peter Griffin can't. But no, 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 no. So so everyone for a while thought that anyone in that show could do that. Okay. But then uh, there's an there's an episode or a comic book or something where he got, where Scrooge McDuck, Scrooge McDuck got chased into the money vault, so he just dove into the money, mm-hmm. and then the dudes who chased him tried to, and they just splattered on it. It was like, whoa, what? <laughs> <laughs> and he was just swimming around, just making laps around him, and they, they couldn't catch up because they because so they could not swim in the money. That's so funny. It's canonically a thing only Scrooge McDuck can do. I had I've you are you are indeed as we had somebody comment recently on YouTube. You are indeed surprisingly well versed in the duck verse. <laughs> you are okay, how about this? How about this? What was the name of the show where um a bear flew a plane around the jungle? Tailspin. Yo! The, the name of the bear was Baloo, and it wait, also- was it actually Baloo? Yes, same voice actor from Baloo from the Jungle Book. Same bear, actually, I think canonically. No shot. I'm looking it up. Uh, and his co-pilot was Launchpad McQuack. No shot. Oh my God! Baloo the bear, Louie the orangutan. And Shere Khan the Tiger. Yep, all characters in, in Tailspin. It it features characters adapted from Disney's 1967 animated feature Jungle Book, namely some of the film's animals being given an anthropomorphic makeover while the humans are removed. Listen, look up Louie from Tailspin and look at what that man is wearing. No shot. Okay, hold on. <laughs> You've got me so just. Anyway, this this show is one of nine Disney afternoon shows to to use established Disney characters as the main characters, with the other eight being what? I want to know how many of these okay. you know because a surprising amount of them are duck related. Okay, so we have we have Tailspin. Okay, Darkwing the, Duck. So Tailspin is one of nine. Yeah, Darkwing Duck. Okay. Uh, Ducktales. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's only one more duck one. Believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, I already said Darkwing Duck. The issue is that like my brain keeps going back over the same ones over and over again. I'm like, no, no. I already said that one. No, I already said that one. Uh, shoot. One of them is like really Chippendale Rescue Rangers. No shot. You got that one. Okay, yeah. Chip and Dale, Rescue Rangers. Oh, he knows the theme song too. Okay, yeah. Um, my brain then wants to say the Gummy Bears, but no, that was on Boomerang. Okay, that's a different show on Boomerang. Well, it's not in this list. Yes. Um, I am at this point drawing a blank because my brain keeps going to the ones I've already listed. 
dog, you got four of nine, and that's a lot um, better than I would have been able to do. I think there was also 101 Dalmatians, but... No. Which featured a rooster. Not on this particular yeah. list. Yeah. Okay, you want them? Uh, sure. Okay, the ones you missed are yeah. Goof Troop. Goof Troop. Oh, uh, I completely forgot about Goof Troop. Okay. Which actually ended up spawning, like, I think two or three movies. Doesn't surprise me. Bonkers? Bonkers? That that was... that. What Disney character was in Bonkers? Uh, bonkers was... Um... Yeah, because that's the one with the cartoon tiger cat. It was basically... Um, An anthropomorphic bobcat. Yeah, but it was basically... Uh, the idea behind the show was... Uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit, but in an actual cartoon... Where Bonkers de bobcat. Yeah, he was a cop. Unbelievable. With a real... And his uh, partner was a real person. They were also a cartoon. Quack Pack? Oh, right. That was Huey Dewey and Louie's Teenagers. Wow. Aladdin? Just Aladdin. I can't believe I missed Aladdin. My favorite character from Aladdin were the uh, Swedish people. Oh, my God. And Timon and Pumbaa. Another TV show... I completely forgot about. Uh, again, because it has little to do with the actual movie. It's just Timon and Pumbaa in weird circumstances. I remember one episode where they were in a mall. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. Now that we have... Not, I can't believe that we got this far. That I also just have to know all this information off the top of my head. That is unbelievable. I would have gotten Tailspin. And I would have gotten DuckTales and Darkwing Duck. Because we were because we just recently talked about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I vividly remember Darkwing Duck. And Let's get Tailspin. dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I, I vividly yeah. remember Darkwing Duck and Tailspin. I do not at all remember... Um, or I remember, yeah, Darkwing Duck and Tailspin... I, I've heard a lot of DuckTales, but it wasn't one that I watched. Um, and the other ones, I've never heard of. Okay, DuckTales is really good. Okay. The original it, I, and the new one. Everybody says that. Yeah, the original and the new one, that. both good. The new one's better, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Timon and Pumbaa was, was all right. It was very episodic. The Aladdin show was also incredibly episodic, but on occasion, it would make direct references to the movies. Um, I think there was an episode where they straight up had... Uh, Jafar come back for like one episode after the Return of Jafar movie. Yeah. There's also a Little Mermaid mo uh, TV show, I think, too. Not in that list. Yeah, there was also a Little Mermaid TV show. At one point, they had a Manta Ray dude just kind of come in and start whispering to people. <laughs> oh, and it made, it made everyone... that's not creepy. It made everyone a little racist. It just made everyone a little racist? Yes, it made some of the fish go, well, uh, you're all bottom dwellers compared to us mighty whatever fish. I don't remember. It was... It was... That is a... A wild... Um, what was... Story arc for a kid's TV show. Yes, and at the end of the episode, Ariel sings and makes it all better. Of course. And the Manta dude just kind of goes... C'est la vie, and leaves. C'est la vie. <laughs> oh my god. He doesn't actually say c'est la vie, but he literally just goes, eh, whatever, and leaves. Okay, all right, so we're going to design our own Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> products. 
now that we've done 10 minutes, 10, between 10 and 13 minutes of off-topic Disney childhood show rambling. 1990s, uh, late 90s, early 2000s Disney. That explains why I don't recognize so many of these shows, because to be quite frank, that's before my time. Because mm-hmm. you're what, three years older than me? Four years older than me? Uh, I was, what year were you born in? 96? Yeah. Yeah. Three years. Okay, so you're little, born in 93. A little over three years. Okay. So, for me... You were four. And in the year 2000, for a little bit of the year, I was four. Most of the year, I was three. Yeah. I was seven. Exactly. So, it's so, so, so different of a time frame for you. Mm-hmm. Because when I was seven, the show that I was watching the most was Yu-Gi-Oh!, that was for me that was uh eight or nine well if i was seven and you're three years older than me or no i did my math wrong shit it was whenever i was yeah yeah 2001 is when I, yeah well it didn't start airing until 2002 i believe okay whenever whenever it started airing yeah, yeah. I, I i definitely watched from the beginning of dm 2001 to 2000 like sixth for me is kind of listen i understand um 2000 to like 2014 for me is kind of yeah smushed together and it's just become become this gray miasma of fat let not even memories a gray miasma where i can just pluck random facts factoids out yeah yeah, yeah. it's not that i just know everything about the 2000s it's just that i know a bunch of random off-topic things from the 2000s i just had a random flashback to the to the chip and dale cartoon okay this is the last thing we're gonna do and then we have to move on all i'm gonna say is gadget for those of you who know you know do you remember inspector gadget no it was hold on but da 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 Inspector Gadget. Yes, I vividly remember both the cartoon and the live action Inspector Gadget. My thing was the, the live action movies. I loved those as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. All right. <laughs> back so, to Yu Gi Oh! <laughs> back to Yu Gi Oh! Um, we, we decided to. We wanted to. We, we think that, well, yes, Sir Mr. John D. Konami is doing an okay job with some of the new products they're releasing we think we can do better yeah 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 yeah. so it's nothing personal it's just that um, we are smarter than you in every aspect he, he might think he is um, and, and we can do your job better so uh, i think it's less that that we know more but we but i think it's that we have our fingers on the po- we have our fingers more on the pulse of the player base than the actual people making the products sure sure like we know the player base better than they do all i'm saying is because we actively the product that i'm about to describe is provocative it's gonna get the people going okay so i think that what we both designed is a product intended for time wizard format because it is what is near and dear to our hearts. As somebody who played the game back in 
late 2000s, early 2010s, right? Yeah. Our peak time playing Yu-Gi-Oh was early 2010 through late 2014. Uh, and now 20, uh, late 2011, early 2010. Uh, because oh yes yes because that's when we went to the regional our first regional which yeah. is our first ever tournament we had never been to an OTS or yeah. a card shop or yeah. anything we went to one regional that's right because it was yes. Black Wings were the best deck by like a lot that's right because then I came in and I shoot with my black uh with my Black Wing deck yeah and was just curb stomping some people yeah Black Wings like right before Plant Synchro. Yeah, they were very out of date. <laughs> yeah. It really shows the power level of where we were at at the time. Yeah. But, so my goal here was to reprint a bunch of cards specifically with the intention of making them more accessible for the player base for Edison format. And if possible, I wanted to hit a couple of cards that are playable not just in Edison format, but in other surrounding Time Wizard formats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my product is called the Time Wizard Time Capsule, which I've discussed various forms of on the podcast yeah. before. I came up with the name. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to you. Sure. So, the Time Wizard Time Capsule, and... The idea of the product is you that you have two decks, two pre-constructed decks, which can be anything, right? It can be like a Gladiator Beast and an X-Saber deck, a Machina deck, and a... Lightsworn. Lightsworn, whatever. You have all these different decks that are all pre-constructed, or you can even go into more of a uh, less archetypal thing, like Zombies and Quick Drop Dandy Warrior. Something like that. Right. Dop, junk Doppel. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. So you go into these pre-constructed, you, you get two pre-constructed decks, and you also get two power-up packs. The power-up packs are five cards per pack. You're guaranteed a super. You get two packs. So the idea is you have a, you have two people that buy it together, and each person gets a pre-constructed deck as well as a um, a power-up pack to kind of change up their deck a little bit. A little bit of variety. So I typed out an entire set list for the product. And this is kind of my dream of what I want to see reprinted and the rarities. Because you're guaranteed one super per pack. Mm-hmm. But you're not guaranteed secrets, and I even have ultimate rares in here. Ooh! So it's it, it's common, super, secret, and there's two ultis. I see the ultis being like one per case, or maybe two per case, with a case being like eight displays and a display being four products. So maybe one every 50 or 60 boxes is kind of the goal something like that ulti and then your secrets are like two per display so here's your set list your commons are 
Revived King Hades, Doom Kaiser Dragon, Ancient Fairy Dragon, Black Rose Dragon, Stardust Dragon. So starting out the gate, I did a bunch of synchros. I want there to be a little bit of genericness in the power-up pack. And for me personally, the way I see it is I want it to have applications all through the format. There are some that are not just generic cards, but are maybe just in more need of a reprint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I put Revive King High Death and Doom Kaiser Dragon in here, because while they're not necessarily the most ubiquitous cards throughout the format, they're they, expensive. Yeah, and even with reprints in the upcoming BLCR, they really need another one. So, to cement that low price. So, like I said, Revive King Hades, Doom Kaiser, Ancient Fairy, Black Rose, Stardust. Then, Elemental Hero Prisma and Test Tiger. These are not generic, but they're good cards that are in the format that could use a reprint. Nobleman of Extermination. This is a card that's starting to see a little bit more play in the format. It's a good card. There's a lot of power traps in the format. And it also has application in Go format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skill Drain. This card is down to two, three, four bucks. It still needs another reprint as far as I'm concerned. Reprint it as a common, make it as accessible as possible. And this will indeed help lower the price. And it again has application in go format and even advanced. Solemn Judgment, again, same thing. You know, application across multiple formats and it could use a reprint. I think Solemn Judgment are six or seven bucks right now. Something so, like that, yeah. Deck Devastation Fire, same thing. Applicable across several different formats. <clears throat> and a solid card with a pretty higher price point. Armory Arm, Cold Wave, Rescue Cat, Super Ancient Deep Sea King Coelacanth, Gold Sarcophagus, Pot of Avarice, Enemy Controller and Dark End Dragon. We have 16 commons. Uh, maybe 14, something like that. A number. A number. Uh, your super rares. I have Pulling the Rug, Royal Oppression, DD Crow, Kaiku the Ghost Destroyer, and Substitute. So Pulling the Rug, Royal Oppression, DD Crow, and Substitute are all very expensive for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Pulling the Rug and Royal Oppression have very few printings, and this would actually be the highest rarity for both. Well, Pulling the Rug has an ulti, I guess, actually. I take that back, but still. Substitute, this would be highest rarity for it. It only has one printing, and it just came off the ban list, so it does have yeah. advanced format implications. Uh, DD Crow is very expensive, even though it has a ton of printings, but that's because it's currently extremely good in advanced format. Mm-hmm. And Kaiku the Ghost Destroyer is applicable across multiple formats, and it's very good in Edison format. Very good. Your secret rares are Elemental Hero Absolute Zero, Treeborn Frog, Caius the Shadow Monarch, Trap Dust Shoot, and Icarus Attack. Now, Elemental Hero Absolute Zero has ultras and supers and maybe even a common, but no secret rare. And I think, I think it would look really nice as a secret. Yeah, same thing with Treeborn Frog. I, I think that it would also just look really nice as a secret rare. It's the built-in blues. Yeah, the blues and the whites and things like that. It would just sparkle. It would look great. 
Um, Caius the Shadow Monarch as a secret rare, I think, would look great for all the same reasons, but because it's like dark blacks and grays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trap Dust Shoot, this would be a cool, it would be a highest rarity, but not highest most collectible. Of course. Because right now it's got commons and it's got the champion pack super, which it will always be highest rarity, quote unquote. Oh, definitely. And then Icarus Attack has like commons and it's got a super. I mean, it's, yeah, it's got commons and a super, but no secret. So I think a secret would be a very cool printing for Icarus. Very cool. And your ultimate rares, I have... Huh. Brionic, Sea Serpent of the Ice Bear, or Dragon of the Ice Bear, whatever it's called. But Brionic, the, you know, yeah. level six. Uh, I think this card would look sick as an ultimate rare, especially if you did it with its original text. I think that that's something that's very important here, is that all of these cards need to have their original text. This can't be something that errates and changes the long-term way that a card works, but it's intended to, you know, be played in these time wizard formats. Yeah. The other ultimate rare that I have is Nobleman of Crossout. I think Which Nobleman would, look cool. would be. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Nobleman yeah. would look sick as an ultimate rare. I think it's a very iconic card from the game's history. It's applicable in Edison format. It's applicable in Goat format, and the uses across multiple formats make make it perfect. So. Uh, again, real quick, just fly through it. Commons, Revive King, Hot Death, Doom Kaiser Dragon, Ancient Fairy Dragon, Black Rose Dragon, Stardust Dragon, E Hero Prisma, Test Tiger, Nobleman of Extermination, Skill Drain, Solemn Judgment, Deck Devi, Armory Arm, Cold Wave, Rescue Cat, Super Ancient Deep Sea, Coelacanth, Gold Sarcophagus, Pot of Avarice, Enemy Controller, Dark End Dragon, Your Supers, Pulling the Rug, Royal Oppression, DD Crow, Kaiku the Ghost Destroyer, Substitute, Secrets, E Hero Absolute Zero, Trueborn Frog, Kai's the Shadow Monarch, Trap Dust Shoot, Icarus Attack, and your two ultimate rares, Brianak and Nobleman of Crossout. Alright, alright, alright. Yeah, so just a way to reprint a lot of Edison cards, really. Yeah, yeah. And the contents of the set list can change depending on what is actually in the decks themselves, too. Yeah, so like with the zombie deck, it's already going to have the uh, Doom Kaiser and Reviving Hot S. So right, right. Maybe manipulate that a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, say you want to do a fish deck. Well, you probably already have Super Ancient Deep Sea King Silicanth in there, so you don't put that in there. And probably even Treeborn Frog. Right, a lot of these might have Pot of Avarice in them, so why put Pot of Avarice into here, you know? Yeah, something so like that. So there's room to play around with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My, I mean, my whole idea was the kind of the same thing with the dual decks, where you buy one product, you get two... Ooh, excuse me, you get two decks. Sure. But I was thinking more of the Versus series, like uh, Match of the Gathering has done before with Goblins versus Merfolk. Yeah. But do like Light Sworn versus Black Wings or Heroes right. versus whatever. And it's, it's essentially you for with one purchase getting basically two structure decks. Right. Um, and then I was going to have like two ultra each structure getting having two ultras, three supers. Okay. And one random card out of both decks is an ulti. Okay. To add variants in between the boxes. So let's take the Black Swing versus Light Sworn. You purchased this product, and hey, your Gale was an ulti, and your uh, Lila was an ulti. Okay. Your friend buys it. 
Well, their Boar the Spear was ulti, and their Raiko was an ulti. Okay, I love the idea of getting my entire deck in Ultimate Rare. Mm hmm. The only thing that's really scary about that is one, the printing process, and two. Yes, it'd be a nightmare to print. Taking cards that already have Ultimate Rares and giving them another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a nightmare to print, and there's that. Um, one alternate thing is just you have like at one Ultra, two Supers, where it's like for Black Wings, it's Armor Master Ultra. And maybe, I don't know, Gale and Shura Supers. Sure. And then for Light Sworn Judgment Dragon, Ultra, and then Lila and Rykom Supers. Right. Yeah. I like the two Ultras, three Supers idea. I, I that, really that do. Too. Yeah, that, that's another possibility that, uh, as well. Yeah, I, I like that idea a lot. Yeah, and then, of course, you'd have like a long series of these of just random decks versing other random decks. So you could have like Flamvel versus... Uh, gladiator beasts right blah 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 yeah and I, I think having the diversity of the different decks is something that's important to showcase when you're looking at these these alternate formats which is yeah which is like why i was saying with the versus where it's just two random decks versus another random two you know versus another random deck is because in it because then whenever you have all of them laid out yeah it really shows how many decks were all viable in this you know, uh, in that meta at that time, because there are this many double structured decks. Yeah. And all of them are equally viable. Yeah. I think that more or less, I don't know. I just think that having the options to play a lot of different things, especially in today's format where it's, we're in, it's, we're in the midst of a strong tier zero format. I just think that having that, that option is something mm -hmm. that might be really, really appealing to a lot of different people. Particularly the people who like Yu-Gi-Oh, but just do not want to deal with the Tier Zero format and have stepped back from the game. This, yeah, this will let them be able to step in somewhere and still interact with the game sure. without being, you know. So let me ask you this: Yes, when you were designing that product, yes, did you have any thoughts to adding a power-up pack? Uh, at first I was like, ah, uh, it's probably better not to. Because uh, because you, you either want variance in the rarities or you want variance in maybe like you get a random token or something. Sure, sure. But you don't. I personally don't like the variance of the power up packs, uh, particularly in a product that I that I'm already expecting. I'm going to have this in it. Right. You know. I then throwing that extra variance for me isn't. I, just, I don't like it very much. Now, if it's a case of like, oh, I'm buying a special edition where it comes with like a like a pro like a couple of promos and a bunch of packs, sure, that's different because I'm half buying it for the packs, half buying it for the promos. Yeah, I remember special editions back in the day. The set would be like four dollars a pack, but then you could buy the special edition for ten dollars. You got two packs and a promo. Or three. I think it was three packs in a promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a good deal. But, yeah, but, like, because, like, when I'm buying a product like that, I'm already expecting variants there. Mm -hmm. uh, particularly with some of the earlier ones, where it was, like, one of two cards, instead of you were guaranteed this one card. Right. Yeah. Um. But, you know, if I'm buying a product and then not expecting variants, but then there is a variance added to it, I'm per I personally don't like that very much. Yeah. 
personal I, preference. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I think that's why it's important to have the element of stability with the two pre-constructed decks. And that's... I do get why you wouldn't want the variants. I think that that's just a way to print even more cards in alternate rarities and things like that. Maybe, but but me looking at like previous power up packs that and kind of also if two players want to play against each other, it's a cool way to yeah make add the some decks variants. Unique. Yeah. Um, but like. My biggest issue with, though, with the power packs is that looking at Konami's track record on the power packs I've seen, it's not very good. They haven't been in the past, but I made this one to be good. Fair enough. Um, because like, like the one that sticks out to me was there was a structure deck that included an effect veiler in the structure deck. Sure. Guess who? Guess what was one of the cards in the power up pack? Effect veiler. No, there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm just like, really? We're already guaranteeing an effect veiler. Because then it it really gives this awkward situation of you buying three of the structure decks, so you're guaranteed three effect veilers. Sure. And then getting a fourth one. Well. It, what are you going to do with the fourth one? No, no one's going to want it. Cry about it. Yeah, yeah you're going to kind of cry about it. It's like, that could have been anything else. That's my biggest issue. If you do have a power pack, you got to make sure that the cards in the power pack are not only thematic to the deck, to the structure deck itself, but also aren't itself in the structure deck. Yes. Yeah, and I think uh, they and I I think they only do because uh, I saw you googling it. I think they only do power packs in the OCG. I was more looking at what all the uh, effect failure has come in. Oh, fair enough. Turns out a lot. Yes, effect failure has been printed a lot. Yeah, it turns out in the last five years, they've put it in five starter or structure decks. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. Yeah, because it's one of the simplest and also weakest hand traps. Quote, yeah. unquote. Weakest in quotation marks. Yeah, I think compared to Ash, it's weak or Ghost yeah, Bell, but... I think simple is a little bit easier. It's easier to read and understand what it does. Sure. Sure. And that's why they include it, because it's so easy to pick up and read and understand what Effect Veiler does. Yeah, again, I think that Effect Veiler has <clears throat> become so... I hate to keep saying the word, because I feel... Ubiquitous? Yeah, I, I feel pretentious when I say it. But yeah, yeah I, I think that Effect Veiler has become a really ubiquitous card. It, it's become kind of the face of hand traps. Sure, because it, it was like the third or fourth one. Yeah, but, I, but it was also the first one that was like really meta viable yeah okay. i mean because the previous ones karibo had its meta meta relevance um in exactly two instances that i can think of off the top of my head both of which are otks also dd crow yeah dd crow at the time at printing wasn't used very often right but then and, uh, after dd crow and after effect failure max c rolled around yes I'm trying to think if there's any other cards that were considered honest. Yeah, honest. Uh, and then technically, Gores and Tragodia. Sure. At that point. Yeah. But, but honest was very limited in the decks that could actively run it because of its own mechanics, which isn't bad, but it does kind of peel back on the actual usage stats for a card like right. honest. Um, and it, it, it also had a weird other effect that no one ever bothered using. Do you know what that effect was? Honest? You talking about? Yeah. 
Uh, it returns to the hand during yeah. the main during your end phase or main phase two. You, it's just a trigger effect. You can you can just return to your hand. It's just just an ignition effect. Yeah, I'm not percent. I don't remember. I don't remember if it's ignition effect or end phase, but it, 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 you can return to your hand. See. So if you're either in main phase two or end phase, because if your opponent's board is open, you can normal summon it, attack uh, main two, and then like in between main main phase two and end phase, you put it back in your hand. Yeah. Hmm. Which gives you this interesting: Do I summon it for the extra uh, for the extra damage, or do I just hold it? Because I'm not going to discard it while attacking directly, because there's no point in doing that. Right. I don't even think you can. So. We're going to do some podcast question of the day or mailbag. Okay. And I'm just going to say we had posted on our Discord server that we were going to have a guest on. Unfortunately, something fell through and we were not able to do so. Yeah. So that particular guest is very, very busy at the moment. So we are going to try to answer these questions as we come to them. I don't necessarily know how long it's gonna take us to answer these questions, mm-hmm. but we're gonna give it our we're gonna give it our best. Yeah. All right. When there are multiple options to side for a deck, we can use the current tier zero format as an example. How do you decide what cards to side? Examples for tier being Silent Graveyard, D Barrier, or Different Dimension Ground. Well, I per- okay. So I personally okay. So let's just take like he said the example for tier zero with tier element. Um, so what I do is that I actively, the first thing I do is I lay out all the options that I have access to immediately. Sure. Kind of look at that and see, okay, this does well, this does well, this will make a pile. Okay. Then I go online and see other things that people are citing. Okay. And then on like a notepad file, write them out what they do. Then I look at the deck I'm playing and see if there's any of those hand traps that I can abuse in some way. Sure. A great example is in Medolce and Dimension Shifter. Be- yeah, that's a pretty good one. Because I can abuse Dimension Shifter, because the, the, the Medolce deck works, is that I can go full combo, and then at the end of my turn, I've shuffled everything back, and my graveyard's empty, D-Shifter. Right, absolutely. Uh, another example, again in Medolce, is with Herald. If I have uh, the Teacher on field and I activate Herald... It uh, and I pitch a Medolce with it. It then activate uh, then act I can then activate Teacher's effect, detach for it, detach for its own effect, targeting itself probably, and then activate other effect to shuffle back. Right. If I have my field spell, I can shuffle back two cards in my graveyard, but then the field spell makes them come back to my hand because they were sent to, they were going to be sent shuffled back in the deck by the effect of a Medolce monster. So I can just pitch and then just add them right, both right back to my hand. Broken, and then just herald you again. Yeah, it's 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 all it's it's hilarious. Um, just as an example, uh, and I think a better example would actually be DD Crow in Bird Up, because that synergy with it being a level one winged beast. Yeah, I think that the synergy is probably to me anyway the most important thing, and I think if you're picking kind of out of those cards what you want. The best thing to do is to pick the card that is most impactful, but fits within your game plan. Exactly. Uh, again, with my example, Shifter. Yeah. yeah. So I would start there. 
then I would go, okay, so these are the ones I can abuse. Abuse pile. Next pile is just stuff that's, like, kind of required just because of the way the deck works. So DD Crows, um, yeah. Silent Graveyards, as you had said before. And then from there, kind of start picking and choosing. Sure. Okay. It's the way I do it. Yeah. Outside of how NA gives extra time to finals and top four, I think, are there any time roll changes you would like to see? I would like to see time change to where it no longer stops at end of current phase. I want to see it stop at the end of the next battle phase. Man, yeah, 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 yeah. That that'd be fair because then your opponent gets in a cha- gets a chance to attack back. Yeah, and then yeah. that would eliminate the time got called in the round right before they called battle phase, and they sure. lose right there. I think you just have to make sure that both players get said battle phase. Yes, but regardless, I like the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely some. It's definitely uh, something that you want. Sure. Okay. Do you like watching old feature matches? Not really. <laughs> not gonna lie, not not particularly, unless it's for a deck that I'm specifically trying to build, or like. This is why the deck used to be run like a couple years ago, and this is like compared to how it's run now. Sure. Um, favorite deck from the past few years? Ooh, mine is a toss-up between Tri Brigade and Swordsoul. Mine is a toss-up between right now either Marincess or Medolce. Hmm. Yeah, if I had to choose right now probably be try brigade for me yeah. those are just the decks i've actually taken to tournaments i haven't had the opportunity to take labyrinth to an actual tournament yet that's fair been too busy yeah um how big of a difference would it make if mine required you to have a monster on field like you can't just have nothing on board a myth card unplayable oh yeah no because then your opponent just goes can can either just not summon anything and you're locked out or just go normal summon pass yeah Granted, yes, it still gives you that turn, but it could also be a situation to where the opponent's inboard will always end on just one monster anyway. Right. So they'll just kind of go shrug, go off until they get to their inboard of like the one monster, and then just go, cool, pass. Yeah, that works. They then have to remove the line of if both players are still the same amount, destroy it. Yeah. Okay. Well. It's a short one. Very much so. But I think that we're going to wrap it here for today. What I want is for all of you to have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving and a wonderful day. We are going to be off all next week for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We're going to take some time off, enjoy with our families. Might even be some Pokemon Scarlet and Violet in the future. (laughs) For me, yeah. Yeah. So, we're going to take about a week off. Uh, we appreciate all of y'all's support and everything like that. Maybe even might see some additional comment on content on YouTube. We will see. But, for now, have a great, great weekend, everyone. Yep. Take care, everybody. See y'all the Monday after next. Tuesday. Tuesday after next. Thank you. Yep. Later. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.